Welcome to Modern Anarchy, the podcast featuring real conversations with conscious objectors to the status quo. I'm your host, Nicole. On today's episode, we have an amazing human being. Kelly joins us for a raw and honest conversation about her experience with HPV and navigating this world with anxiety. Together, we explore the paradox of our fear of perception with our need to be seen, especially in a time of social media. This is a Mr. Toad's wild ride of a conversation, as per most of these conversations on here, but that's how I like it. And also, I just want to say, part of the show, there is no requirement to be on it. There is nothing you need to do, produce in this world, no job you need to have. Each person, I truly do believe, that is living their life authentically has truth to be told and that should be shared with the world. So, hey, maybe you'll be on the podcast next. All you gotta do is get invited by a friend who's been on it. So, I think it's beautiful to honor the diversity of the lived experience of people and truly no one will ever have the unique combination of history moments and memories that you do have as a human being and so that's incredibly beautiful and unique in my opinion so tune in this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I don't really know where to start other than that yeah. we're going to talk about HPV. Yeah, we are going to talk about HPV. Oh, gosh. I almost want to leave a timeline out because it's kind of irrelevant. Whatever you feel like. Yeah. What would you tell me as your friend? God, and I'll ask you. I need a question. <laughs> yeah, you're asking me what would what would they tell you? For sure. Okay, so you've had HPV, or I currently have it. I don't understand that. It's like no matter many, as many things because it's a virus, so mm-hmm. it's like it's technically is it with you your entire life? You can have it removed. It can potentially come back at other points. Sometimes people get HPV and it like passes through perfectly through their immune system. Mm. So I'm not like. We could fill in this. I'm not a doctor. All those things, right? But, of course. Yeah, there's some aspect of it that it's it's really hard to understand because it seems like I read something different every time. But I currently have clear Paps, which mm-hmm. means that like I technically don't have any testable HPV. Mm-hmm. Like, no, if I went somewhere random, like I, they wouldn't be able to say that I have HPV because my Paps are are clear Interesting. and not abnormal anymore. So, but like it could come back at any time. Yeah. Like, I could one day eventually have an abnormal pap again and need an additional leap procedure, which happens to some people. But if I'm getting, like, my, you know, biannual or I've, I've heard try, like, you're supposed to get a pap, like, every three years now, apparently, oh, wow. with normal paps, um, which kind of makes me nervous because I would want to know sooner than that. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, as long as I keep up with those, it's kind of just like a yearly screening. And cervical cancer is, like, a really slowly progressing mm. thing. Mm-hmm. So it there's a lot of time to um, catch it in the meantime. So it's kind of like a lower risk cancer situation. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of weight to hold though, because then you're constantly in the state of like, is my body healthy? Yeah. For, for some reason, I feel very empowered in the fact Mm -hmm. that since I've been through the process before Mm -hmm. that it is manageable again. Mm -hmm. And as long as I'm diligent with my yearly screenings, then I'm going to be okay. Like, I don't think I hold a lot of fear. I did it first, mm. for sure. Um, but the more I learned about it, I think the more I accepted that it's just kind of part of my health journey at this point, which it's a possibility for anybody getting an annual PAP and that I have the tools to manage it again if, yeah. it, if it does occur, occur again. What was that experience like, if you're willing to share? Yeah, the original... Um, Yeah, so I was around like 21 um, Mm -hmm. and I went to, I was like, okay, I've had a lot of sexual partners at this Mm -hmm. point. Literally hadn't had a single like STI screening at that point. 
um, I decided I would get my first annual pap um, and just have them do everything. And like everything was great. Like I got all my blood tested almost. I I was positive that I had gotten everything back and everything was clear. Mm -hmm. And then about like a month later, I get a call from the gynecologist and he was in like my college town and I was already back home for the summer. And he was like, hey, like you had some like an abnormal, you know, like abnormal cells Mm -hmm. um, or precancerous cells is what they call them. And they're they're on a like a little graph of like low, medium, medium high or whatever Mm -hmm. situation. And I was on like the medium high risk. Yeah. So he was like, you're going to have to get a colcoscopy. Um, That's like an additional procedure where they just take a little bit more of your cervix than they would for like a pap. So it's kind of more Mm -hmm. of like a biopsy situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from that, they were able to tell like exactly where my like cells were on that level mm. and then that's when they determined that I would need an additional procedure after that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How was it to take in that information? Um it was horrible. Yeah, mm. at first I was, you know, cuz I was kind of caught off guard and if I'll, I'll we're open, I'll share where I was at like sexually at that point. I had had multiple partners that year mm. that and none of them were like very great interactions. And then like literally the day I got that call from the guy I had just taken a plan B because mm. some guy had like un- non-consensually decided to not pull out like and oh, it was horrible. Okay. Yeah. So I was in oh. this. It, it was this very like all coming together at once moment of me realizing that I had not been like an advocate for myself and mm. have been a safe place for myself to have those experiences. Yeah. So it was a kind of a, an awakening and I was like I've got my back right now Wow! and I just chose that from then on out I was like I'm gonna like get myself through this mm. I will heal mm. it'll be okay and I kind of like didn't feel the very raw emotions in the moment but like I definitely like gave myself forgiveness mm-hmm. very very quickly yes yeah I can feel the pain yeah as you talk about it I guess I just want to hold space for that yeah because that's really hard I feel like there's such a stigma with these sorts of things that like to open up to other people in your life that this is what is happening like it yeah the stigma makes it so isolating to face alone and I had had a close friend from childhood who contracted like a SDI from a her first partner Mm -hmm. and that was like very early on in my teens like we were able to support each other through that and or like we weren't close like when this happened to me but like it was early for me to have a personal experience to see like how destigmatized STIs need to become because it's so out of our control and we relinquish power to people and sometimes they don't even know what's happening and it's you can spend a lot of time trying to pinpoint specific moments where you took an unnecessary risk or you want to regret something, but it's kind of just, it's one of those things that's unfortunately in a lot of ways out of our control. Like Mm. there are obviously barriers and things like that that are able to be utilized, but you can sometimes still contract STIs regardless of how safe you're being as well. Or even like people that have HPV pass from their mothers, right? It can happen with like herpes and HIV and a few other things. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because I think that's why they say that males should get the vaccine because they could have it and it goes undetected in male bodies. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And they can, but they can still be carriers. Yeah. There's no test. I think there is some sort of like anal swab for HPV for men, but I think it's a similar situation with the PAP where you would have to be showing those abnormal cells because you can have, I think you can have HPV and have it be undetectable too. Um, So it's kind of, yeah, I know. I might be saying a bunch of bullshit though too, but this is, I mean, this is like a (laughs) (laughs) lay, this is a layman's version of like searching on Wikipedia. And yeah, this is like, Honestly, my doctors really didn't talk to me about it very much either because it was such an in and out situation too. Exactly. Well, because that's half the battle. Where do you go to find out the resources about these sorts of things without finding something that's going to make you feel like shit? And then we go to Reddit pages, like when you first start feeling symptoms of something and you're like, is this normal? And that's not the best community to be asking those questions. No. And it, you know, there's like a really high percentage of sexually active adults that have HPV or have contracted it at some point in their lives. Like, I think it's over 50%. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I think, just reading that statistic off the bat, I was like, oh, so this, like, literally anybody. Yep. And um, 
even my mom was like she was really helpful through it oh, all wow. that was really nice to have her and she was yeah. like don't worry about it like these things happen like I had something similar like earlier on in life and like my dad was kind of like why would you like you mm. need to be safe about that stuff like, you know of course like he had to find out because it was just such a weird you know you're at that age where it's you're not like fully autonomous with your yeah because so you're like someone else is paying your insurance you're right exactly it's uh, yeah. gonna show up on the bill yeah so <sighs> yeah <laughs> so that was like I was like fuck all y'all like this yeah. is my own thing I'm I've got my back like but my mom was just, my mom was very supportive and helpful so mm. that's still very powerful yeah I think like a lot of other people could have taken that a different way like there mm-hmm. could have been a lot of shame pity yeah I, I I just didn't have any left for myself I I had come I was coming off of like a really long depression that I had finally been pulling yeah. myself up out of and I was just wow. like you know what? We're like this. We're just gonna do our best with this. Yeah. I definitely like closed down like sexually for a while, and like mm. I was like starting a relationship with someone at that point, and I like just cut it off before we were even able to get sexual because I was just like, I don't know what this is. I have no yeah. idea what's going on. I'm really freaked out, and I don't want anyone touching me. <laughs> like, but yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I yeah, I definitely did like feel, and I was nervous and scared about like passing something to other people and knowing like not really knowing what it was mm-hmm. or like it will and I hadn't had the, Gar- the Gardasil shot Ooh. at this point wow. so I was when I was in high school I was supposed to get it and my dad was kind of like a little anti-vax and like I just kind of talked to him about it and I was hesitant about getting it I didn't get Gardasil oh, no. and then when I found out about all of this I ended up getting it after yeah after just to protect myself from other strains of HPV so but I don't know if it would have been one that right but that was like a protection I didn't get to participate in because vaccines are awesome and they save lives right (laughs) and that's the only cancer that there is a vaccine like that's the only vaccine that can prevent cancer I know and so many people don't get it yeah no, it's so important. Well, yeah, my mom didn't want to give it to me either because at the time she was like, well, you're not having sex, so you don't need it. Yeah. Or they're like, well, and it cl- causes blood clots. Oh, it's like, it. yeah, so does birth control. So does everything <laughs> that you've had me on since I was like 13 years old. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it is it is because this is like a sexually related thing that it's got such a difficulty to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I gave my child this vaccine. Like it's, a, it's admitting that your child is sexually active and a lot of other God yeah. forbid humans. I know. Having sex. <laughs> I thought that's how they made humans. Wait. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's in separate rooms. Yeah, it's yeah. all with tubes. Yeah. Hilarious. I mean, that's how we treat it, though. It's definitely like no one wants to talk about it. But that's why also I would like you were beginning to tell me a b- little bit about what it looked like or what it felt like and all of the actual experience. Yeah. About. What it was like maybe to like find out you had it, the symptoms post-sex with yeah. your partner. Like there's so much here of like emotional growth and new identities and learning and changing. Yeah. And it was, it, yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't have sex with anybody for like many months. That yeah. was, I had met Drew was my mm-hmm. first partner I ever mm-hmm. had sex with after I had had the procedure. Wow. Um, And so we had dated for, you know, and we'd like, it was a very long process and I was able to talk to him mm-hmm. about it beforehand. And I was like, oh, an STD. And he was like, oh, you mean STI. Oh, and he like corrected God. me and he knew like Marry a bunch about man. HPV. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's like, he was like, I would take on any risk mm-hmm. to be able to be like with you. Oh. Kind of was his like perspective. And like, yeah, which That's is, the most you know. <laughs> thing I've ever heard. In the- yeah, and it's also like maybe, Yeah. <laughs> You never know. And we had dated for a long time and like he like we were both committed and I felt safe like opening up about that because it was scary. It was terrifying. And like I had gone from being like very high like sexually active but like still obviously very afraid to like ask for protection for myself Mm. and like all of those things. Um, And then I jumped into the situation where the person was so willing to give it to me freely. It was like oh, I can have sex again and yeah. it'll be great. And it was like the first time I was like orgasming regularly wow. and like actually having good sex. So it was like, I got to go straight from like this like dry spell, yeah. horrible experience into like having really great loving sex for the first time. Amazing. Yeah. So it was very healing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reset up. <laughs> I've been talking for so long. No, this is beautiful. You're doing a great job, by the way. Yeah. Um, As you were speaking about sex and like all these different things of like, having to space to ask for like what you want, what you need. 
I was just thinking about this quote about when I think about when I do podcasts of just there is always a conversation that just the two people in that room can have. Yeah. And we don't have to do this. Just the conversation of our, like, sexual trauma is probably some of the deepest thing that, like, I've ever found in someone who could understand that. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we could make a very powerful episode about sexual trauma. That's a whole different space. Then it's not just HPV. Then I would speak with you. But, like, I don't know if yeah. that's what we want to do. But, like, I think it could help a lot of people. I think we could ride the wave. Ugh. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Or we could fit it in where it feels natural. Well, I feel like this is the conversation, though, because you're already starting to talk about it, about how, like, that was linked to communicating what you needed in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. If we continue to have this conversation, we're dancing around the inherent trauma that has shaped our sexuality. Let's see where it leads. This is a different space. How do you feel? And you can say either way, because I also want to recognize, like, there's a lot to talk about your HPV, and I want to give you the space to feel the pump up and all of that, too. I'm trying to think what the transition would be. Or do you want to just move on to that? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Oh, God. I think of like all people that I could have that conversation with, you're probably the only person Mm -hmm. who would understand and like feel it and have a – we're not required to help other survivors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not a job we have to do. I haven't talked about being a survivor on this podcast. Do you want to? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, because I feel like it's a part of my identity. It's a part of my strength. Yeah. It's the reason why I started this podcast. I don't know if I explained that to you. Mm-hmm. You did, but do you want to explain it again? <laughs> to the listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the person who assaulted me had reached out after like four years of silence, and it was so incredibly triggering. See, I don't even think I can t- look you in the eyes when I do this. Yeah, you don't need to. Um, it was so incredibly triggering. The reality of them reaching out after, like, having your headspace of, like, developing space from that person ever popping in. Do you know what I mean? Exes, right? Like, you don't always think about them. Like, it could pass by, but, like, they're just not there. And so then to get, like, a message out of the blue from the person who did assault you, it felt like my brain was being assaulted (laughs) of just, like, showing up into my space of, like, happiness I had cultivated after years of processing this stuff. Half of me was like, well, that's stupid. He wasn't in your space. It was just a message. That's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, but like, that's not... Well, of course, the time, yeah. I'm like, it's not like he came on to me. It's not like he was even in my real life. He just sent me a message. How dare I get so upset? But you're right. It's like you're sh- the shattered... Yeah. It just shatters things. I yes. have this going right now, and yeah. it feels great. And then all of a sudden, just to like... It's not even like they take the rug out from underneath no, you, but it's like... like Hello? Uh, and oh, you're yeah. like, oh my god! And you're like, oh shit, can really fucking suck. Yeah. I forgot for a second. <laughs> yeah, like person. that person yeah. ruined my. I will never say ruined, but made things so much harder for me. God, to learn, and I mean, I think it's part of who. It's definitely part of who I am today. But like later that day, too, that same day that 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 person reached out, um, sitting in this drum circle. And this old man got up in my space, just got closer, sat closer and like was putting his face way too close to me. And instantly I started feeling uncomfortable. But then my brain internal thought process was like, don't be afraid. You're in a park. It's daylight. He's not coming on to you. Why are you freaking out? You're like letting your trauma get to you, you know, already not self-compassion. And I just kept tensing even more. And he got like so close. He was like right behind my shoulder. And the date later was like, are you okay? Like, that man was really up in your space. I was like, no, like, I'm not okay. Those two things happening at the same time, I literally got back to my house and I just sobbed once I was alone. Felt so unsafe in my own space. I found out the man who assaulted me had moved to my city. He's been in a different city this whole time. That's given me space and healing. I was so afraid. So I just like literally went for a walk and I tried to think about like my strength and like the things I have in this community that I've built here and everything because this is not his city. No. Even though he's, you know, from this city. But it's yeah. not his. Mm-mm. I know. And so then I was thinking to myself, what are the things that I want to do that I'm too afraid to just do, but I know I want to do them. I want to start a podcast and I want to go camping by myself. So now I you're doing an excellent job. Oh my god, that's yeah. all I'm trying to do is like, what are the things I want to do? I'm just going to do it. Why not? Who's stopping me? Who's saying I can't do these things? Only you. I know. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that so scary when you're like, 
I am in charge of every piece of my reality. Sometimes, like, obviously there are external factors, but, like, making the decisions of, like, taking action and you're like, oh, fuck, I can do, like, it's, like, literally choose your own adventure. Yeah. It's weird to not have said that on the podcast because it's like, oh, why did you make the podcast? Well, (laughs) I was assaulted and I learned and I grew and I changed as a person. I dropped my Christianity. I had to relearn sex, like, so many things. Yeah. It's a... A horrible tragedy that somehow I don't know. It's no, it's know. amazing that you've been able to make beautiful things and oh, like find you. healing and use your creative energy to like. But even as you say that, you know, we both were talking earlier of how like even now where I'm at today, males coming into my space is hard. Yeah, I just clench up in my body, and that's so. It feels so subconscious. Yeah. And I hate it. But I think it's, it's, you can't hate I know. your own, your own physical trauma response. response. I yeah. know, because compassion is what will let it go, right? But it's yeah. like, I, I want to love and not feel fear, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. I know, I'm trying to be vulnerable, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, it's, it's hard. I wish I could ask better questions. You know, I'm like trying to think, but there's no way to like probe those things. You, you know? can. Yeah. The thing is like, I know you love me, so I'm not knowing. I trust that whatever you're asking is of good intentions and yeah. not ever going to lead me down something of pain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Especially because I ask that all the time. I'm like, what's the right things to say? And like my therapist is always like, sometimes there is no right thing mm-hmm. and you just got to accept that. And sometimes you make mistakes and then you just, you do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So for like, sure. Yeah. What about choosing to do the things that you've wanted to do feels healing for you? I bet you it's power. The way that you said it immediately, I'm reclaiming. There's things in my life that I'm like, why am I not doing them? Oh, because society says you're a woman, so you can't like this hobby. I might have told myself I couldn't do a podcast. You know what I mean? It's in those moments, can I reclaim power here? Those first moves never feel like the right time. You just do it. And it's like doesn't feel right for a while, right? Like no. At what point do you feel like you were like of what walking down your podcast path? (laughs) Hilarious. That what of like I'm I'm what that you're like I can do things I can say stuff or was it like in that moment that you decided that you were going to do it that you were like okay no I still don't know if I'm doing this (laughs) like I'm sitting here right now I'm like am I doing this what are we doing I well yeah. Yeah. Well, more so, like, are people actually listening to me? And, like, the answer is yes, and that's weird. Yeah. I don't know. And people compliment me on it. I'm like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Because I just speak. I don't know. But that's imposter syndrome. I don't know. Yeah, it is. I think that's exactly what that is. I mean, you're also leading me now. How does it feel to lead me? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's where it was. It's like, like, welcome to the other seat. How does it feel? Yeah, it's. I'm worried. I'm not asking in depth enough questions. I'm worried. I'm not like fully, you know, considering all of the possible emotional outcomes that come with the questions. I'm worried. And facilitation is like what leads. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. No. You know, it's yes. you're providing a framework for a conversation and you're worried that you will inflict limitations upon it. Yeah. Yeah. But like how much of that is also just what we do in any day conversation yeah. with anyone that we love. Everything is constantly limited yes. by our own perceptions. Exactly. Of- like, can I say this? Can I can I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. Of like, is this socially normal? And it's just like this is a different space feeling those same feelings of can I ask that question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna keep doing this. Yeah, and you're excellent at it. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Super kind. I feel like I want to barf as I say the things I say because I'm like, ew, who does she think she is? But that's just me not having self compassion for what I'm doing. So I'm gonna yeah let that go. The perfectionist tendencies are really hard. Um, The biggest thing I've learned as I create something is that before I get any feedback, I tell myself that everyone hates it. Of course. Yeah, and so then I just wait till enough people tell me they don't hate it. That's when I started to feel like I was doing it. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Do you have have you gotten to a point where you listen to some of them though and you're like proud? Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
That's I, progress. I cried in therapy about it. it was, that's so cool. That's really and cool. I think what it yeah, was, you said it was the first time you. you've been proud, like yeah. felt really proud of something. People came back to me and were like, that first episode about sex, that changed how I talk about sex. I learned something. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And that was also when I, I helped that same day is when I helped you do your first son A. Oh, yes. And I felt like I was helping people like just become their full selves. Yes. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh my God. That was such a good time. Yeah. Tell me about it. it Cause that, I think there's important wisdom in all of these small moments of yeah. how did you learn to teach yoga? Yeah. It was, that was so fun because I am, my biggest fear in life is being perceived. Yep. I don't like to be in the spotlight. I love to like, like be the high energy person in the room, but like not the most, the person that's saying the most things mm. most of the time. Long story short, teaching does not fit align well with that personality no, not type. at all yeah it doesn't because no. I and I love to be a student too and like yeah. sometimes I'm like teachers what do they know like you know at what point do you decide that you know knowledge enough to show it to other people so it's like I also have all these like you know I'm constantly just questioning everything all the time yeah. but me deciding to like guide somebody else through movement is terrifying yes but by god i spent 600 dollars on online yoga training i should probably utilize it (laughs) but yeah and then you were like okay we're just gonna do this and i was like nicole's got my back yeah i'm not gonna she's not gonna make fun of me and if she does it'll be like in a cute way (laughs) and (laughs) and you won't like make me cry Mm -hmm. and it'll be fine and this is it's the only way forward yeah it's like I can only either do it or not I can't keep thinking about it and it was just it was literally just talking you through a sun salutation but you helped me you showed me like five different ways to do it basically in a row and I was like all warmed up geeked up ready to go a little bit (laughs) yeah you can say what it is a little bit stoned yeah this is your (laughs) space yes and um yeah and then I felt like I was capable and then we got off the phone yeah. And I did it like five more times, Amazing. like on on a video recording. I went to upload it the next day, realized I was supposed to add cues, and I forgot. And oh, then yeah. I haven't done it since. I need to go back and finish this, Nicole. Oh my god! <laughs> I never got it done. What is stopping you from recording it again? I just got busy. It's yeah, that's the past like month has been a trash. Lot. So that's yes. why I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. Now I know I can do it though. Now yeah. I know I can literally go in there and pick it up one day when I'm ready. I exactly. just like, am getting better at not forcing myself to do things when I'm like, oh, I'm really. Tired. Right it's now. a beautiful thing. Rest. Yes. Rest is so needed. Exactly. Yes. I don't mean to get hippie woo-woo, but I do because that's me. I think all of life's answers are in these small moments like that. Mm-hmm. Like how did you learn to do something you thought you were incapable of doing? I put myself in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. Pushed a little bit and then after a second of getting out of my head, I was in my body enough to just exist in the moment. And? And it worked. Yes. (laughs) It was, I was able, there were things and I, well, I didn't feel scared and I felt like I did an okay job. You were, you gave great affirmations. Right. Enough to carry me forth. That's support. We were just watching the Midnight Gospel talking about that. He was talking about the pull-up, right? And you get the stretchy bands that make it easier to do the pull-up because you had support. And then through that support, you get the strength to actually do a pull-up on your own. And so, like, you have someone that sees you and says, we, we're going to do this. I think it's so crazy that society says that we all need to be alone. Yeah. And we we take a lot of our mental health to be this, if I can't figure it out on my own, I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And dare I ask for a friend to help see me and, like, walk with me and hold my hand through this scary time? How yeah. weak am I? Oh, uh, yeah. And it's terrifying because you're like, look, see, I – Whatever I'm posting online or however I perceive, like we, when we get coffee for, you know, 45 minutes every yeah. six months, I'm giving you the highlight reel of my life. Oh, for sure. And it's like here in these vulnerable moments, it's like, can you see me suck at something really quick and just yeah. tell me that it's going to be okay? Because that's like how all of it starts. Like yeah. <laughs> In those moments, I feel the most alive because I feel seen. Yeah. Just to be that vulnerable. Like I think of talking like we were earlier too about this like, Oh, when I was doing this, I was worrying about that. And meanwhile, you were worrying about something cosmically different. <laughs> yes. And both of us over here are just like, are you enjoying this time together? Because I'm nervous. Like, are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. Are you? Like, it's just like, <laughs> we can't relax. No. I and, know. And it's like, I don't know what that is where we're like always thinking that someone is coming from a place of like malice. It's almost like Safety. it's that. 
have you heard of like the concept of main character energy oh yeah i have yeah yeah, yeah, i love it and i've like i feel like that's like the negative main character energy is when you're like everybody's just sitting there around thinking about how awful i am all the time and it's like no one's like i know yeah sometimes it's like i don't feel that way about my friends they're not thinking that way about me either they're not constantly questioning everything i'm doing as someone who has anxiety and would talk about this with my therapist, I literally would be like, I know that, Kelly, but they're talking about me and I know it. Yes. And like that's anxiety brain like hard. Yeah. It's insane. Like we put up the strong wall that if I think about all the possible options and ways that people could hate me, then I will protect myself from them all. And in doing so, I've thought of a million ways I suck. Yeah. And now that's all I see. And all the things that could possibly go yeah. wrong in my life. And yes. I can list them all. And it's there's a, there's a highlight reel going on in my head. We, we talked about being you when you're in a good place and a bad place. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you're having a good day, you're like, oh, teehee, like the thought passes by much more quickly. But when you're a bad day, it's like, well, maybe that is the truth. And yeah. that is what how I feel. And then it just like gets into that cyclical cycle pattern yeah. of like, I can't do anything. I'm right. horrible. I hate myself. Right. Everyone hates me. Uh, <laughs> and then how yeah. do you get back out of that? You know? Well, I don't know. That's the million dollar question is how do you learn to change? Yeah. And how do you stop the cycles I guess yeah or interrupt them you know like my understanding of mindfulness would say that like you acknowledge the thought when it comes and that those days are going to happen where you feel that low point and you're like I can't do anything and -hmm. you hear it and you hold it with no judgment and you say that's a thought I am way more than my thoughts yes my thoughts are not me and then you just let that go down the stream a log on a river i see you i see you leaving goodbye yeah but that's the thing though it's not that's not what we do we like see the log and they were like oh my god how dare there be a log in my perfect river (laughs) and you're the one that's studying these things so correct me when i use these terms incorrectly i have like kind of struggle with ruminating thoughts Mm -hmm. sometimes and i know like sometimes people like recommend like exposure therapy of Mm -hmm. like in those moments but it's like very controlled group yeah, wise yeah, whatever yeah. whatever whatever For sure i've like kind of bastardized that method in my own way and sometimes when i'm like i i'm not actually a bad person i'm a bad person and then i'm just like what if i am a bad person mm. i'm still a person who's doing a good job and i still need to eat dinner right now and i still For need to sure. go to bed and i'm okay and like it, well that's, it, that sounds yeah. extreme but sometimes i'm just like what if that thought is true kelly that you're okay <laughs> I just want to normalize that that is actually a thing to handle anxiety is like, let's give it space yeah. and acknowledge what it's saying to us. I'm worried. Okay. What's the worst case scenario? Yeah. And then what will you do in that scenario? I'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. And if you keep that. My brain's going to go to the worst case scenario. Yes. No matter what. So might as well just like, let's take the path there a little sooner. We'll, we'll analyze it while I'm still in this rational, more rational mindset before I like completely like mm-hmm. spiral with this thought because I will do that. I don't know if those are, that's the correct terminology, but I will take There's something no... and run with it into the dark. Yes. And like if I can get while well, I'm still, well, the like it's still dusk, like if I can stop it there and be like, maybe that's the truth. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Like, that's yeah. yeah, it. One more thing. Like, life's going to be fine. You could just be like For chilling. Sure. And, eating snacks on the couch right now and not having a bad time (laughs) and and that doesn't always fucking sometimes you just like start bawling your eyes out and have a really bad time but there are times where i'm like i could just be hanging out with myself right now instead of (laughs) instead of berating myself for for something that hasn't even taken place exactly but that's so hard yes it's the task of a lifetime (laughs) yeah the task that is never ending i was in therapy and when my therapist told me that my anxiety might never go away. I cried. Yeah. Deeply. I'm such like a goal getter. Give me a task. I'll do it. Give me something to learn. I'll do it. I have anxiety. I'll figure it out. Her just telling me that that might not be a possibility. I was just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. 
deal, right? You mm-hmm. learn to live with it and, you know. You develop different yeah, coping mechanisms. Sure. But there's still going to be shitty dark yeah. times of your life ahead. Like, it's just scary yeah. that we can't, like, will those things away. No. Health issues can come up. Weird money, job, future. There's a whole lifetime. Yeah. And it's terrifying because you're like, oh, God, and I'm going to have to learn these same fucking seven lessons. Like, there's the four agreements. There's probably, like, seven major <laughs> lessons that we all, yeah. like, constantly learn over and over and over again in Exactly. Life. I can name my, like, top couple, but, you know. They talk about that being, like, one of the things of, like, self-awareness. People who are self-aware tend not to repeat the same habits again. And I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, like, all these lives, like, these lessons, like, do I actually learn or do I, like – just enact the same patterns over yeah. and over again. Does it reiterate it for you? Or what do you mean? Or like I yeah, it's the same patterns, but it's yeah. like a new perspective. It's like but yeah. like I feel like I zoom out. Oh, for like sure. if I'm, you know, it's like it's like the microcosm example of this reality. And then like I'm, I'm like, oh, and then I have to apply that at this level in my mm-hmm. thought process too. And then at this level, and then at this level. And sometimes I learn like sometimes they're the smaller ones are the ones that matter the most though, too. And it's definitely not like a gradual thing, but it's like so many i'm just rambling but like, no it sounds like you're talking about perspective yeah <laughs> and the importance of looking at things from different angles and yeah that, like color and everything in the world isn't black and white there's a lot of gray is kind of what i was getting from what yeah. you were saying there's like so much metaphor for stuff and like you can be like god i already learned this lesson why am i doing this again and you can get shitty in yeah. the moment with yourself also like i didn't i maybe wasn't even aware of this thought until right now or i wasn't aware of this truth until right now and it's easy to like combine everything as the same mistake of your past that you've had to learn over and over and over again but it's also like it's a different form of the lesson you're kind of leveling up each time yeah and getting better yeah at it i guess who the hell am i to have this podcast talking about all this stuff and i just left a relationship that i would consider extremely unhealthy yeah it yeah, like, like yeah. let me own up to, like, that space. Like, it's not like I feel like a phony. I feel very human, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't – I'm still learning that lesson, apparently, because yeah. I just ended that, you know, like, recently. Yeah. I'm still learning. But, like, I want to acknowledge that nobody knows everything ever. I know. Unfortunately, things still happen. The trick is now is that, like, you, like, caught on to it sooner and you For felt sure. safe and you didn't feel – you were, like, making a mistake as much as maybe no. in the past. Yes. You know, like, you felt empowered yes. to make a decision for yourself. It, yes. It was so clear in the moment of what I was being presented with that I was just, like, I'm never going to get the validation I want from this person. Yeah. And you knew what you needed. Yeah. Which is away. huge. Isn't that, like, exponential growth, though? Yeah, I'm just saying it doesn't feel good. I know it doesn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I had to go no, it's it. No, I'm happy. Well, yeah. no, no, I'm happy. Like, if fire brings out this beautiful gemstone i don't know Mm. what metaphor i'm going for there right yeah i'm happy to have learned that i remember being a a kid i was an undergrad and i was talking to my professors at the time i was like i don't know i want to study english literature but there's so many books i'll never know all the books i can't do it i'll never read them all that was a serious problem for me that i might not know everything i love that you're so smart i don't feel Yes. Just that lust for knowledge is so amazing. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. But I think just, yeah, coming to terms with the fact that, like, there will always be things that you don't have, you can't know all of it. It's not even that you're trying to achieve that. I I am. For a a good time, I was (laughs) trying to be perfect. Yeah. Like, everything of what... Because, I mean, I feel like everyone's trying to do that to a degree. Like, what is your view of perfection? I think all of our views of perfection are just very different. They are, for sure. Depending on your society or culture, all these other pieces that tell you what's the perfect person Mm -hmm. to strive after. I'm just trying to let it go. Yeah, it's definitely not existing in the moment. No. Because you're always considering future possibilities. You're worried about being perceived. That's yeah. exactly what you said. It's the Yeah, it's a fear of perception. I don't like to be perceived most of the time. Like hmm. I love like perception-free moments of like aloneness, That's you know? That's so interesting because you're worried about being perceived, but to be loved, you have to be seen. Yeah. Well, I guess I like being perceived. I don't yeah. feel unsafe in that in the perception of the shared space of that yeah. anymore. 
I guess it's just with people. It's like in places I feel I'm at risk. And mm. I always feel like I'm at risk, like most of the time. Yes. Yeah, like I'm a yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm always like, why is everybody, what are they thinking about me? I know we're talking about like being perceived. You have a lot of wisdom to share, I feel like. About perception? <laughs> or about just in your general? Perception, about yourself as a sexual being about yourself as a woman about yourself learning and moving your family yeah so many different things that i feel like people could benefit from hearing about let's talk i love that that's Ooh, nice okay. to hear <laughs> yeah i also feel the same about how, you. okay oh thank you how do you describe yourself um if you were oh wait 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 let me take that back yeah. by the way if you were to tell me the most positive, beautiful things about you, how would you describe yourself? Because I don't want the bullshit. Well, I'm like an okay person and like afraid of yeah. being proud of yourself. What are the things you're proud of? Ooh, let's sit in this moment. Yeah, no, that's what I'm <laughs> this saying. This is like, terrifying. Yeah, yeah, like maybe like three words. Um, oh, wow. I'm, I would say I'm radiant. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, ooh, I'm thoughtful. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> yes. I would agree. And I am loving. Yes. And I think those are my favorite things about myself, <laughs> probably. Yes. And how did you learn to love those things? Uh, I know. Yeah, it's like yeah. still don't know. Actually, I'm learning today. <laughs> I, I have a weird, like, I feel like a lot of people are like, well, no one really ever liked me. And then I, mm. you know, when I was myself, people have always generally liked me for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird, but they usually don't like me. For, like, who I think that I am. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like ever since I was a kid, I was always easily, like, projected on. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, people will just kind of make up their own realities about me. And I never really that negative. But it's, like, it's once once that's established, I feel like I'm, like, oh, that's my relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, if that makes sense. So it's kind of, like, learning just to be, like... I, I know who I am and yeah. I love myself. And then like being able to be that full self actually with new relationships or people that I've known for a while who had taken mm-hmm. the time to get to know me. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It like kind of blossomed from there. Certainly. That's pretty, I don't even know if that makes sense, but. <laughs> I mean, it's your lived experience. So it makes a bunch of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing to say out loud, but it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm just now, I have always hated being perceived. Mm-hmm. Because I'm scared of how it will, co- like, what will be distorted in that mm-hmm. way. And I think that I'm coming to a place where I feel much more confident in what I'm presenting. Just with myself. I don't even know. That's back yeah. to perception and wanting to be perceived by people. Well, right. Because you're also perceiving yourself constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, this is the conversation we were talking about earlier, right? Of, yeah. like, beauty. Yeah. It's like, do you see your own beauty? Mm-hmm. Do you feel beautiful? Any photo, a mirror, a picture is a two-dimensional compressed image of you. That does not capture your essence. Literally. Or like show the way your skin shines in the light and when you turn your head or, you know, the way. Yeah. And it's like some of those can be seen through video, but like we said, it's not in the lived. It's not in the actual moment. But then you have to accept that you will never see yourself fully. Yeah. All these things that we try to say like, oh, I look like this because this mirror or I look like this because this picture, yeah. which are the only things we actually can cling to to understand our visual self. But the problem is those are all two-dimensional copies of our four-dimensional being and yeah. like four dimensions. Who knows? Some spiritual person would be like, there's more. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? But like, yeah. Infinite dimensions. But exactly. Yeah. Like these things we have are compressing them into these flat files. And we're like, at least this is me personally. Like my understanding of my concept of self has always been from like mirrors, pictures. Yeah. You wonder what it was like before. I don't phones recording media photos yeah and like because so much of it is about like how do i present outwardly and you wonder if i mean that's always i mean we've always been part of like a collective tribe of humans and all of those things and just like consumerisms Mm -hmm. in the past hundred years all of those things not but you know what i mean like brands and all these things there's so many ways to like lavishly present yourself outwardly Mm -hmm. that it's like i wonder if those things were taken away what the more innate human version of that would be and would you wonder as much like about your outward look have you ever deleted social media for a little bit of time yeah 
Yeah, how did that feel? It's always so much better. I didn't have Instagram for like almost a year in college because I was like super depressed. And I was like, if I even get on this again, I will be, right, this is not good. Comparison is death. Yeah. It's just like a million perfect <laughs> lives think, to look at. Yeah. <laughs> That was, like, the first book I ever read on my own volition was, like, a Jack Kerouac book. And it was, mm. like, comparison is odious. And <laughs> that's always <laughs> stuck with me. It is. But, yeah. The younger generations have an increased depression rates and anxiety and suicide. Lee, I mean, you watch The Social Dilemma. Yeah. It's a whole algorithm of, yeah, like, and, manipulation. And they talked about how it got worse since 2013 with social media. Yeah. It's terrifying. You know, I remember, like definitely way less intense now but i remember every time i went to go do something i would be like okay what picture will i get this day so that i can post it online again Mm -hmm. and it's like now i'm at this point where i'm like oh i'll put this on my story if it's funny in the moment but it used to be like hours of like not hours but i would be like oh i'm going to the beach i gotta get a cool picture of me in my bathing suit i was like visualize what that picture would look like yeah i'm sorry you can't do that with your <laughs> no poop. Yeah, I have an Fantasia, so I can't picture anything, but it's fine. Yeah. I have an I idea of what it would feel like to be at the beach. <laughs> but yeah, you get this idea of what something would look like in your head, and then like you have to execute it, and then you're like, okay, I got it. Now I got to post it. Okay, now, yeah. now people are liking it. I got that rush. Yeah, oh God. Now it's yeah. like, you know, 24 hours after, and it's not getting any engagement, and the high is over, and nothing matters, mm-hmm. and you wasted three hours of what could have been reality thinking about whether or not this picture yep. was good enough for the internet or not. And is that living? <laughs> yeah. I know. I was actually talking about this with some of my friends, this concept that specifically our age group mm-hmm. had a very unique experience because in our early childhood, the internet and social media was not necessarily a thing, Yeah, but it became a thing in our middle school and specifically a lot of early high school and Mm -hmm. so our young childhood life was shaped by the internet but not so much so that we didn't know what it was before yes and so now our generation has always been living with it younger generations like they've had it since they were in like elementary school yeah they're seeing their moms post pictures of them online but we're the only people to live with it so close to be able to remember both because the generation above us didn't have childhood with social media yeah and the other generation the generation above didn't have social media during childhood and the generation below has only ever had Mm -hmm. media and social media or even like i mean there weren't even digital cameras when we were like kids kids. so it's like everything was developed Uh like you recorded things with like vhs Mm -hmm. video recorders like it wasn't like just iphones and like the capacity to just like snap pictures at any moment it's just because that changes forever how you perceive yourself yeah because now we can craft it yeah it's not like a one shot and go and you're like oh no uh, oh social media i know sorry we've talked about a lot of different things (laughs) but here's the thing i think it's all related though right it's always all related because perception we're talking about perception we're talking about what an STI, the perception is of that and like mm-hmm. how other people perceive you. This is everything in life. We go through this yeah. world and community which involves a level of perception always. The thing is like we feel most loved by the people who fully perceive us and fully see us who we are. Yeah. The fact that we can't always change other people's perception of us. All social media is trying to do is like, can I post this so that you think I'm this person that has this life? Yes. So then I can be accepted. All the while forgetting that, like, we can't change other people's minds. Like, that is <laughs> no. We can. And, like, everybody's bringing such different lived experiences exactly. to the table that, like, some action or thing that you do may have an entirely different meaning or reality to them that, therefore... For sure. Yeah, and it's, like, people perceive things very differently than each other. And exactly. it's so... That's what's so scary about it, because you're out of control. So it's, like, that's why, like, social media is nice, because you can, like have a tangible manipulation of reality that you can present to other people. I know. I know. It makes your eyes want to turn. (laughs) What else is there? Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I know it's heavy. But it's also not. Just get rid of it, right? But now it's ingrained and it has it. It's like our way of connecting to people. It's, It's even hard to be part of a community without social media. I have a friend at work who does not use social media and they like come to me for like, Black Lives Matter updates and, mm. like, you know, just, like, trainings or, like, protest yeah. stuff. Um, 
that's how they, like people were able to spread the word about like yeah like bad heroin batches going around or like Narcan sure. trainings or or like food pantry needs and drop off locations. It's yeah. like there's so much of that that's able to like mobilize on social media that it's almost like well do I need to have a community social media and then just get rid of my personal one well yes sometimes I think about just deleting my account that I have because I have like 1500 followers or something like that Mm. and I'm like I don't even know these people they don't know me why the fuck do we follow each other yeah yeah it is interesting that like when I think about all these random people follow me that I know per tangentially or that I kind of do know on a day-to-day they don't matter to my perception of self Mm -mm. but then to post something on there I know that whole community that's gonna see it and you want to see that they're liking it it's gross because it really doesn't matter nothing matters yeah (laughs) nihilist over here whoa nothing Nothing at all (laughs) I I, like I am totally that person like that's what gives me solace like that that, like I'm gonna die all of this is irrelevant life probably is a simulation it's probably not a simulation but what the fuck like (laughs) we're just meat sacks on a fucking space ball flying through sky like you know it's horrible we have our we have meat in our heads that has like electricity in it for sure confusing that makes us feel horrible and I just sometimes I'm like what the fuck it doesn't matter and that gives me peace. I know that probably stresses a lot of people out. Sure. But I'm like, it doesn't like really. Mm-hmm. That comes and goes in my life, but nothing <laughs> matters is kind of like a little mantra of mine. Sometimes For when sure. I'm in a better spot, I'm like, it's, it's okay, Kyle. Nothing matters. <laughs> well, that's why I have that quote on my fridge of there is no truth. There is only interpretation. I love that. Everything really is your own lived experience that is painting the color onto this world that you see. Yeah. You are like the master manipulator of your own reality. Everything you see is through your stimulus receiving brain. Uh, Literally nothing that you ever see will actually be the object in and of itself in its purest form, right? Do you ever think about how like your perception of blue might be like what blue looks like? Like that, just that, you know, it'll like, and then you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, we're all just living entirely different lives, but somehow connected, but somehow. Exactly. So many too there's so many people on the earth that like we we can't even like fathom how many other humans there are there's so many and they're all in so much pain and i'm doing a podcast over here what the fuck am i doing and why am i not saving people yeah what is anything like i work at a i work at a non-profit that like you know we're all helping people yeah we all have different jobs whatever to help people right different avenues all of these things like play together into the one giant organism that is an entity that is helping people but it's like even within that organization there is a hierarchy of like well i have this role that does this thing right and you only have this role that only does this thing but like technically we couldn't exist without the combination of the two or the many like a structure and yeah and And so it's like just comparisons are odious i guess yeah Yeah, it's like what can you do you're doing what you can Yes. <laughs> that was long. No, no, it's true. That, no, yeah. it's true. It's just like we're always just trying to navigate it. And I think that's one of the main things that I feel like I'm getting like with, through a lot of these conversations with people. They're always just like, what do you want to normalize? Not knowing what the hell we're doing. Yeah. Like making mistakes and figuring it out because like that's so much of just normal life. We fall so many times and then learn that lesson. And I'll probably fall on my face again, like maybe later today. Yeah. Like, and that's such a, I'm probably going to fall on my face during this podcast right yeah that's just the inherent reality Uh, it won't always be happy but i will be there the entire way yeah you are here it's like on a map (laughs) but even not right that's quantum mechanics thing where like the atom doesn't stay still and if you look at the atom it just like is in a different place it's nuts i'm not that smart (laughs) like the quantum stuff why do you say that i I can't wrap my head around it the quantum no one can I guess more like um, I just go like black when people like black out when people start talking about it's like just sails over my head like I don't even know if I have the capacity to like try to understand it in the moment. I like watching the Marvel movies. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm sure if you like, if you really wanted to, I'm sure you could. It's a language. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to have just the interest in it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yes. Interest. But like, think about the yoga thing we talked about earlier. Like, how did you start teaching yoga when you didn't think you had the capacity Mm -hmm. to? Like, 
I'm sure you have the capacity to understand it if you wanted to. You just don't. Yeah, like, I just yeah, don't like, yeah. Yeah, You're right. <laughs> Which you're is right. fine. <laughs> but, like, then that language needs to change. Not of saying, like, I'm not smart enough to learn it. It's just, yeah. like, it doesn't peak right my curiosity. Now, yeah, right now I'm like, cool, of course it's really fucking complicated how things work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dope. <laughs> Look at humans fun. trying to figure it out again. Exactly. <laughs> Searching for the answers that are unknowable again. Yeah, and sometimes I'll get really, like, dark about that stuff. I'm like, why can't we just let things be? Yeah, well, yeah. because then we wouldn't have any of the current marvels You're of right. modern science and, like, we wouldn't be sitting on this because we would have died of cholera, like, yeah. from a water supply. Oh, man. So now we have to underst- understand the quantum universe well, to protect no. us from. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's probably Maybe. that interconnected. Sorry. No, but, but the, yeah. no, but I think that I think the thing is that we need to embrace science, but equally recognize that science might not have all the answers. And I think they all know that within the scientific community, from a general standpoint, that we currently do not have any of the answers to understand the atom. So. Lots of theories right now. No idea. Yeah. I love it. We're like in a gray space in, it, in terms of science when it used to be in this like black white. And now it's like, but wait, there's more. Exactly. <laughs> like one of those sales pitches. Yeah. If you buy this right now, you can get two for the price of one. And wait, there's, there's more. more. There's a whole fucking Jesus, quantum they... universe and there might be multiple realities. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I know, but that, I think that's the point, right? Is like we look to science as like truth, answers, and equally science can't explain all of it as we stand. How do we learn to accept a space of unknowables? And I think I always keep coming back to a lot of this topic too, of embracing the unknown, embracing that we'll never see ourselves in four dimension. Yeah. We'll never see ourselves in our full en- essence. So don't judge yourself for those pictures, videos, or literally any way you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost said it again. Yeah, what? Nothing <laughs> no. No, no, no. It does. Everything does. Hilarious. Yeah, but oh my gosh. Do you feel like you have any lessons? I know like this is going to bring full circle, right? We started with HPV. Like, do you feel mm-hmm. like you have any lessons? Anyone who's made it to this far of listening to this like wild Mr. Toad's wild ride of like our internal <laughs> like, mind space. Oh, uh, lessons of like rewarding them for staying along the journey. Yeah. I think the biggest one, and I hate that it came from the like you said it earlier, it's part of the four my four agree the it. four agreements. But yeah. like I feel like I also think about it constantly is like I've just really learned to stop taking things personally. People are just fucking living, just like me. And sometimes people are being nice and they make me mad. Exactly. And I don't like them for no reason. And it's just like it's the same. The more I turn inward and just, like, decide for myself how I'm going to perceive things, it's mm-hmm. it really helps a lot. Because everybody's just going through their own stuff all the time. Exactly. So the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything too personally. Don't make assumptions. And do your best. Snaps. <laughs> Some white girl shit. Like, it's just like... But actually, though, I mean, like, how much could we learn from just taking all of that? Because I think that's what ultimately our conversation today was about a perception. Don't take anything personally. Because mm-hmm. we keep taking other people's perception of us personally. And we take yeah. our own perception of ourselves personally. We get mad at ourselves. I get mad at myself that I still have trauma. That I haven't processed learning these lessons again and again. Let's not take it too personally. Humans. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's it's, a, it's okay. Like, <laughs> yes, it's yes, and... It's great. <laughs> that sigh, and there's still good to it, too. We're not going to negate either of it. A lot of it is work. A lot of it's super difficult. But there is a lot of joy. Beauty, yes. art, such beautiful things. Nature, you love trees. <laughs> like, I love trees. Yeah. yeah. They're my favorite. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, if you've got to deal with a little bit of self-doubt to be out with some trees sometimes, it sounds like we, For sure. we can manage. <laughs> well, the thing I have to ask you... Oh, God. What is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? I'm going to go with play. Being in your body in the moment, taking a second and stopping, looking around and smiling at the sun, Mm -hmm. smiling at the trees. Like, it's great just to like be alive sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to take those seconds and stop thinking about things and just exist in the moment sometimes. Are you telling yourself that as you say it out loud? Yes, always. (laughs) I think that's a beautiful thing to normalize. 
<laughs> just learning to play. Yeah. So much of our society doesn't provide time, especially with like a capitalistic production based value system that we have like it's really hard to just play and not be focused on what we're producing like it just forces you to to be constantly on and obsessed with thoughts and all of these things and if we give our cats and dogs like we know that playing is just a regular part of their day that's required for them to be happy and healthy Mm. and it's like same with us letting ourselves live i mean it's definitely a privilege to have time to do those things right yeah taking the small moments that we do have to engage in that and not waste that time on social media and worrying about perception probably the key oh god and then we just talked about it for like 25 minutes (laughs) yeah but it's important all of it's connected yeah i think like the thing is it's like oh am i talking about something worthy enough everyone's on social media so i promise you if we're feeling these feelings millions of other people are feeling this way yes it's just like people are talking about it right but like not enough like it hasn't had enough space of like validity to talk about these things yet without people being like oh just stop you're complaining the internet is inherently shaping people's perception of self and it's drastically affecting mental health yeah like and taking taking free time from us yeah and taking away our capacity to play because we're under the guise of all humans yeah people are watching us and perceiving us constantly oh this has been really lovely (laughs) is it weird to be the recipient of me saying that because you listen yeah (laughs) this has been a lovely conversation kelly yes you brought a vulnerability that i think people will really resonate with I have no idea what I've even said, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, but you're a human and you portray you portray just a small glimpse of what it is to be human and everyone has a different perspective. For sure. And so like someone will resonate with what you say, I promise. <laughs> yes. If you enjoyed today's conversation, then subscribe for new episodes released every Wednesday and follow us on Instagram at Modern Anarchy Podcast, where we open up a dialogue about all of these topics. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. And a special thanks to one of my favorite artists, Your Smith, for the intro and outro song to this show.